Today we're going to talk about Hilchot Tu Bishvat. And you will soon find, you will soon find out that you didn't miss much. <laughs> because on a practical level, the only really, really halachal maisa that I'm going to speak about in Tu Bishvat is the fact that um, according to Ashkenazi, Minhag, you're supposed to not say Tachnun, and I'm sure all of you didn't say Tachnun on Tu Bishvat, right? Um, and that's a little bit of a machokas between, the Beis Yosef says it's, it's not Mavatul Tanit and Tachnun, um, and the Ramah says, No Agim Lola Hagid Tachnun, and it is Mavatul Tanit, and the Tanit of Bet, Hat, Bet, etc., and the Mordechai says that any um, date that's mentioned as being a Rosh Hashanah in the, in the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah that counts for Rosh Hashanah, uh, you don't say Tachnun. Hmm? Mordechai. Okay. Now, there's an interesting uh, discussion on the Mincha before. You know, the Mincha Erev Tu B'Shvat. Um, the Maginavam is a little bit mashma, a little bit mashma that you should say it, but the Mishnah points out that, and the Maginavam himself points out that we know hey, uh, not to say Tachnun on Erev Tu Bishvat, and I think indeed that was the case in Yeshiva, they probably didn't say Tachnun even Erev Tu Bishvat. Okay? And that's it. That was, those were the halachot that we missed. And, and, you, and you probably got it all right. Um, what's the best raya that the Ramah is right that it indeed, indeed is a chag? The two bishvat is a chag. That's right. That's my best raya. <laughs> the best raya is the song. Two bishvat igia chag lilanot, and that's the best raya that it's a chag. But let's let's go to the beginning. We'll start by the mission of Shoshana that mentions that Aleph Nisan. Is uh, is considered a Rosh Hashanah in the Torah, saying Hachodesh Hazelachem Rosh Chodeshim, and it's, a, and it's the Rosh Hashanah for Rigalim, meaning for Chagim, and and also for the counting of Malchai Yisrael. In other words, if a Melech Yisrael uh, starts his reign, you, you you count the beginning of the year of Aleph Nisan, so that if he started his reign two months before, let's say Rosh Chodesh Nisan, once he passes Rosh Chodesh Nisan, he's already in the second year of of his reign. Okay, the second uh, Rosh Chodesh is mentioned is Aleph Elul, the first day of Elul, and there the Nafkamina has to do with Maaser Behima. Basically, a person is supposed to be Mafish Maaser Behima when he gets ten newborn uh, Behimot uh, within that year. And what defines a year? It's Aleph Elul. Okay, and the next um, the next Rosh Hashanah that's mentioned is is the Rosh Hashanah that we call Rosh Hashanah, Aleph Tishrei. Uh, Yom Adin, Yom Briyat Olam, etc. It also has halachic implications as far as Orla and Revai. Okay? Orla is the first three years that a fruit tree grows from, from the beginning of its growth and it bears fruit, if it bears fruit, which is, which is, is, is rare, but it happens. The first three years worth of that growth is Orla and that, that fruit is also Bahana. And on the fourth year, the fruit is considered Revai. And Ravai has Kedusha, and you can consume it if you do Pidyon on that Ravai. Okay? Now, what's the relevance of Aleph Tishrei? Aleph Tishrei is relevant vis-a-vis the planting of the tree. In other words, not the fruit, but the age of the tree. 
what determines if a tree is one, two, three, or four years old? So basically, if you plant it 44 days, 45 days before Aleph Tishrei, in other words, on Tu Ba'av, okay? If you plant it on Tu Ba'av, then you know that the tree is going to um, grab roots, so to speak, to the soil and have 30 days of growth before, and, and then it would be... You wouldn't be counting, you'd count it, if you have that extra day, it would be counted already as being one year old. So to speak, so you, you would gain a year if you made sure to plant before two ba'av, because that already would be considered it, it being one year old. Okay? Um, the third halacha that's relevant when it comes to Tishrei, Aleph Tishrei, is trumot o ma'asrot when it comes to vegetables, grains, and beans. Okay? Now... As an example, we are right now in the Shemitah year. Okay? What determines whether a particular cucumber is part of the Shemitah year or maybe it was part of the seventh year? I'm, I'm sorry, the sixth year, meaning the previous year. So the cutoff day is what we call Shoshana Aleph Tishrei. You could have a vine of cucumbers, ten cucumbers in a row, and you could pluck three cucumbers off the vine before Rosh Hashanah, before Aleph Tishrei, and they will be chayv and shumot and as though they're part of the sixth year. And then you could pluck the remaining seven off the vine after Rosh Hashanah, and they would have a din of Shemitah, vis-a-vis the hafrash of shumot and And it's not just in Shemitah. In other words, there's a difference in years, let's say on the third and the sixth year, are years that you're supposed to be giving Maser Shani, I'm sorry, Ma'asa Ani. And on all the other alternate years, you give the, the exact same Ma'aser, um, but it's Ma'asa Shani. Okay, so it's relevant for the vegetable, or for the human being consuming the vegetable, it's relevant what year it's part of. You're also not supposed to be Ma'asa from one year to the next year. So even if you're talking about regular Ma'asa Rishon, you, you want to be mafresh, you know, let's say, second year on, on second year, and not second year on third year. So the demarcation date, when it comes to vegetables and grain and beans, demarcation date is Aleph Tishrei, defining the date. Yes? Does it plan on canning the beans? Why would you want to count the beans? Canning. Oh, canning the beans, okay. You want to can the beans, all right. To take Truman Master before you can them or after you can them? Oh, very good question. You're not chayuv to take them before. But generally speaking, there's man chayuv. In other words, when you know, when it's also for you to consume is when you do the gemar malacha. Gemar malacha depends on what the particular thing that you're doing. In other words, let's say you raise grapes and they're intended for wine. You're allowed to eat those grapes without being mafish shumun masrot until it reaches the gemar malacha, which is the pressing of the grapes in, you know, into wine. Then you wouldn't be, it would be usher to consume, it would be tevel, it would be an isra achila to eat it after that point. If canning is the gemar malacha, so up until that point you'd be able to eat it. After you canned it, you wouldn't be able to eat it unless you were mafish. But you're not obligated to, to, to be mafish right away. You would have to mark it that it's tevel, that it's usher. You're not obligated to be mafish. You just, it's just usher to eat until you mafish. Can you mafish it? Can you mafish it? Um, yes, you could be mafish it. Even before the Gemar Malacha, it would, it would count, as long as you have what's called the Gemar Pri. In other words, once it's formed as a vegetable or, or whatever it's, it's formed into, 
Um, so in that point, you could be mafrish. Uh, but once it reaches Gemar Malach, it will be also to eat un- unless you're mafish. Okay? Okay, and lastly, it's relevance in Shemitah, which we're experiencing right now. In other words, it's, it's the Rosh Hashanah for, for Shemitah. However, however, Tu Bishvat is Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot. Now, how could there be a separate Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot? How does that work? So let's take the Shkedi Aparachat. Okay. The rule when it comes to fruits are that a fruit goes after the moment that the fruit comes into this world. What moment does the fruit come into this world? The moment you can discern a teensy, beansy, eensy, weensy, little, tiny fruit. When does that happen? It's sometimes after the flower falls off, but not all flowers, only the flowers that were pollinated properly, birds and the bees, etc., etc., Right? Um, if, it's, if it pollinated successfully, then the ovum of the flower becomes a little teeny fruit, and the flower falls off, revealing the, at the base of the flower a little teeny fruit. This is relevant because this is called chanata, with a het. Chanata. And this chanata is, the, so to speak, the emergence of the fruit, and that's relevant as to, that's its birth, the, the, that's its birth let's call it, and if its birthday is before Tu B'Shvat this year, then it wouldn't have Kedushat Shviat. It wouldn't have any dinam of Shviat, the fruit. And you'd be able to consume it any way you wanted to. If, however, the, this Chanata, this birth, occurred after Tu B'Shvat, which was just a few days ago, then the fruit has Kedusha and it's considered part of the Shemitah year, which is it's interesting. Because it's interesting to have a situation, <coughs> theoretically, and practically I don't know of, of, of any type of trees that that have Chanata between Rosh Hashanah and Tu B'Shvat, offhand. But I'm saying, theoretically, if you had a tree that had Chanata before Tu B'Shvat, there wouldn't be any Kedusha, and there wouldn't be any limitation. Okay? Um, from today on, if you're going to see anything growing around the Yeshiva, and quite a different things grow around the Yeshiva, um, fruits, etc., it has Kedusha Tshvit. Okay? Because it's after Tu B'Shvat. Yes? Um, so, Chanata makes it uh, never have Kedusha Tshvit, or won't have Kedusha No, Chanata just means it's birth. Right, so with his birth is before... Um, then it's part of the sixth year, and it has all the halachot of any fruit that grows in the sixth year. Right. Chumur, masor, etc. Okay? Now, interestingly enough, Tu B'Shvat is actually a machokot Behil and Beit Shammai, whether it's Tetvav B'Shvat or Aleph B'Shvat. Okay? Now, what's it all about? What's Mamechem Machokot? It might be a machokot in Mitzvah, probably not, but... What we're really aiming at, at least what the Gemara explains, is that rove of the Geshem on an average year, rove of the rain on an average year, falls before Tu B'Shvat. Now, we all know that Tu B'Shvat is determined by the lunar calendar, not by the solar calendar. So it's just an average, a very, very rough average. You know, and you can have years that Tu B'Shvat is, so to speak, early in the solar calendar or late in the, in the solar calendar. But that's on the average. It's smack in the middle of what's called Tukufat Tevet. Kuvat Tevet is, is, is your winter. Knows it includes Tevet, Shvat, and Adar. It's the, the season, those three months. And smack in the middle is, is Tu B'Shvat. Okay? Um, the Yushami points out that until now, the trees survived on rain from the previous year, meaning before Aleph Tishrei. And by Tu B'Shvat, the trees start growing 
on the rain that, that fell this year, meaning after Aleph Tishrei. And that's like, Yushami sees that as being the significance of Tu B'Shvat, probably because they would notice that around Tu B'Shvat time, trees start to become, show life. Even in the dead of winter, they show life. Not just the Shkedia Parachat, but if you, let's say, go right outside here, and you see these grapevines, and you look at the buds, you will notice that the buds are starting to swell. Okay? And, and from each one of those buds is going to come an entire shoot and two clusters of grapes. Um, but, but, but two weeks ago, you wouldn't be able to see the, 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 those clusters, the, those, that tiny bud starting to, starting to swell. Okay. Um, on a practical level, when it comes to Mitzvah Tuliot Ba'aretz, so I already mentioned, when it comes to, to be mafrish, you're not supposed to be mafrish from one year to the next, and this is relevant, again, on, on, on the fruit and Tu B'Shvat, uh, also between Masasheni and Masa'ani. I said Masa'ani only comes on, on, on the sixth and the third year, and similarly um, with, uh, with Shemitah. Okay? Questions so far? Now we get to... Yes? Mafish from one year to the next? Yeah. I'm not sure if Bidiyevid, if you're Mafish, let's say, from the first year on the second year, I'm not sure, Lahalacha, if Bidiyevid, if it was Chal or not. Probably it was Chal, and Lachatchil, you shouldn't. But clearly, if, you're, if it's between the third and sixth year, and you're specifically focusing on Masasheni, Masaani, it wouldn't. Okay? Um, I can give you a quick, I mean, I can give you a quick rundown. I can give you a separate sheet on, on how Fasha Truman Masot, how to do it, what it's all about. You know, but you're being mafrish, you know, just offhand, you have to be mafrish Truma Gedola, you have to be mafrish Masa Rishon, and then you have to be mafrish Truma Maser, and then you have to be mafrish either Masa Shani or Masa Ani. We did it with that very well. And? It worked? It was great. We did it with great So it worked. Interactive Excellent. Excellent. Good. Good. Excellent. Anyways, um, now the next part of the year. That was the first part of the year. The next part of the year is just something I add on, just to fill in the extra time. <laughs> um, but it's 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 very relevant halachah and it has to do with the brachot of shechianu, because it's a minog on tu b'shvat to eat dry, smelly fruit. Right? To make a shechianu. I don't know if it has to be smelly, but from my experience in elementary school, it was almost always smelly. Now, I ask you, where does that minna come from? Why would someone want to eat dry fruit, specifically? And why dry fruit? I mean, why? Anybody? Anybody know where the minna comes from? Yes? Well, it makes sense that since they didn't have any fruit, at this time of year, because it was the winter, they dried the fruit when it was in season, and then now they were still eating it, and this is when they would probably stop eating it, and they would. I'm just saying it makes sense that they would have a big piece of all the leftover dried fruit because now all the fresh fruit is going to come, so they don't need the dried fruit anymore. I mean, it's time to get rid of the raisins. Exactly, as in they, they, they made clear out, clear out the prune shelf. And then it's the end of the winter, so they just had you know, all the leftovers. You know something? I think you're right, and I never was, it never even thought of what you just said. My explanation each year is that the Jews in the diaspora all over the world wanted to eat Peret Eretz Yisrael on Tu B'Shvat. And the only way they would get Peret Eretz Yisrael would be obviously things like raisins 
you know, dried food, dried figs. Um, and that's the only way they would be able to get uh, parrot Eretz Yisrael. Now, that is a little bit ironic, because if any of you, well, let's say, went to the Makolet before Tu B'Shvat, I'm sure you saw an array of Tu B'Shvat baskets and Tu B'Shvat fruits, no? Even Rami Levy probably had a sale on, on, on figs, no? And almonds, etc. And what, what's, what is, what's the irony? The irony is that 95% of those fruits come from Turkey. That's basically on a state, you know, a state of war with Israel. Um, some of the almonds might even come from California. Um, or the walnuts or whatever. But, um, Really, 95% of the stuff that they sell is not from Eretz Yisrael. And, like, it's almost pointless. You, you would rather eat pear at Eretz Yisrael. You know, make a shachion on a persimmon or something like that. And I'm sorry I didn't catch you before two Bishvat to tell you that. But anyways, that's the din of shachionu. Now, the Gemara and Brachos, Nunchet, mentions a very interesting halacha. That if a person sees his friend that he hasn't seen in 30 days, Okay, the Rashba says it has to be a very close friend. He makes a bracha shechiyanu. You make a bracha shechiyanu on your friend. And if you didn't see him for 12 months, you make a bracha baruch atah Hashem elokeinu melechulah mechayeh hameisim. I don't joke about these things. You actually make the, the bracha. Now, the caveat is... The Rashman the Truva says that it has to be a very close friend that you really are enjoy you have joy seeing him. And secondly, it would have to be a friend that you haven't heard from. You know, you don't know of his welfare. Nowadays it's very difficult with WhatsApp and phones and, and stuff like that. If you if you really care about him, how come you didn't call him for twelve months? How come he didn't call you? Right? You know, it's rare not to hear from a friend for that amount of time. Does hearing from someone else the person is okay or not count? Yes. If someone tells you that, that X is okay, so he just messed up your bracha. Well, you can't make a bracha on him. The clock in now, you don't have to lift him in your right hand when you make a bracha on him. Just seeing him is enough. Yes, Colby. Um, is the absence of hearing of anything wrong that wrong happened to him? Is that enough to know that he's fine? Because if you didn't hear anything about him and didn't speak to him for 12 months, right. you can make a bracha on him. But if he died, or he got cancer... No, 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 no. Lack of, lack of information doesn't make a difference. Yes? Shafiyana is related to hearing something or not? That's the being the seeing or being the seeing hearing? Very good question. Most of the brachas of Shafiyana has to do with seeing. As a matter of fact, when it comes to the uh, bracha of the payroll, which is our tie-in to this whole shir, right... The Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch actually says, Haro'e pri chadash, or pri mitchadesh ba'onawa, right? Now, you see a, a, a new fruit of the season, it's the sight of the fruit that fills you with joy, overflowing joy and abundance that you feel that you want to praise the Kharish Barku, Shechyanu vikimyanu vikyanu lazaman hazeh. The zaman is the season that the fruit is really showing you that it's the season of the fruit. It's not so much a dim in the fruit. But the Ramah says that our minog is to actually recite the Shekhyonah when we eat it. Okay? And an interesting parallel to that, by the way, is another din of Shekhyonah, and that has to do with on, on kelim chadashim, on new clothes or new vessels to make a bracha Shekhyonah. Okay? If you buy a significant kli, be it a uh, you know, a, a suit, 
or a good power drill, okay? So when you buy it, you make a bracha, but once again, the minag is right before you use it or wear it for the first time you make the shechianu. In other words, it's kind of Ashkenazim for some reason delay um, the bracha until they actually wear it. Now, in, in the topic of, of, of clothing, it's interesting that nowadays most people won't make a shachianu on any item of clothing that they were buying because we are, we are so wealthy. I mean, I'm talking about people in this room, but our whole culture, our whole era uh, are so wealthy that, you know, we often get clothes of different types throughout the entire year. And it's not such an incredible occurrence. So a lot of people reserve the shachianu not for a new shirt, but they might reserve it specifically for a suit. Or something that, that they would buy, you know, and they would get maybe only once a year or less, or maybe twice a year or less, or something like that. Um, I once asked Rav Lichtenstein, or actually a guy, I sent someone to ask Rav Lichtenstein, on a new cell phone, whether you should make a shakhan. And this question was over ten years ago, when people really only bought, you know, a cell phone once every five years. Nowadays, what is it, every half year, right? Or every year, or something like that. And it's interesting, Rav Lichtenstein said not to make a shachian. He didn't think it was significant enough, which was fascinating to me because, you know, the pattern that I see is that it is significant enough, but nonetheless, um, if your father gives you his used cell phone, no, let's, let's leave cell phone out because Rav Lichtenstein said not to. If your father gives you his used power drill, or let's say his used coat, and for you it's new, and you're happy with it, so you make a shachianu. And, you know, even if it's not brand new, but for you it's new, uh, you would make a shachianu. And some people raise an interesting question, how come for other events we don't make a shachianu? Like under the chuppah, when you get married, why doesn't the, the, the bride make a shachianu on her new groom? Or the groom make a shachianu on her new bride? And I haven't seen in real postcom that say that, but... But, you know, when I'm inside the Gedushan, I encourage the couple to make a shachianu, but to cover themselves by making a shachianu on their suit, or on the new wedding ring, or on a new talis, to that, but also just to express the joy of the moment. Like, what about when a person makes aliyah? That's something that you also do once, once a lifetime. Why not make a shachianu then? At which point is the person has done that? It's a good question. Maybe it's when you handed your two two dots of water. Maybe it's when you get off the plane. I'm not sure. Um, but I wouldn't tell a person just go ahead and make a shachianu because it doesn't appear in halacha. I would say new suit. Um, when Ellie Weber made made aliyah, so I came out to the airport to greet him, and I brought a mango, <laughs> and I hadn't seen him for twelve months. And in, but in any case, <laughs> but I also wanted to be mezakadem in, in the possible bracha of, uh, you know, on their aliyah, on the shachianu. So, you know, I surprised them at the airport, and then they were even more surprised when I took out the mango. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I think that that's an opportunity to, to make shachianu. Yes? Is it all turned out to be subjective, or is it that now objectively that you can't make shachianu on new clothing? Let's say... <laughs> Let's say these things are, are actually like meaningful to you. I would, I feel that if, if it's meaningful for you, if you get a new sweater, okay, or a new shirt, and it's meaningful for you, I think you go ahead and make a shachiano. I think you can. You should. Yes? Firstly, regardless of how rich you are, say you buy clothes just rarely, just, that's the way you do it. Does that mean that, I don't know... That's you do, it has no halacha in richness. 
It has to do with no, no, an, I think an occurrence, right. something that occurs rarely. No, so I'm saying if you have the ability to buy a lot, you just buy rarely. Yes. Your bracha regularity go up, in effect. No, so I'm saying if you buy five suits a year, it might be doubtful whether you should make a shirt. I know, so you buy five shirts every five years. Don't worry, Ed. Um, uh, yes, you make a shirt, you know. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, in terms of seeing a friend, also, um, what about what you see him on Skype? And also, if he uploads a photo on Facebook. That's an interesting, that's an interesting question. And I, I haven't have written, an, did I write an article on it? No, I didn't write it out yet, but I have a shear on that topic. In my opinion is you have to be machmer. In other words, if you see, if you cite something on television or video or Skype or whatever, I, I think that that, that dilutes your emotional um, response when you see the real thing later. All right, and if you see a third row from on Facebook that he just posted, that does the same thing? The same you mean as a sign yeah, of life? Yeah. I don't know if that's a sign of life. <laughs> I don't know that Facebook is, is a sign of life. Right. So you mach me in that you don't make the bracha, right? You can't. You definitely can't make the bracha on on on, your, on the Skype image. But I'm just saying. No. 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 As an example, is there's a the bracha. Let's say you know to see an elephant. You say mishana habriot. Bracha mishana habriot or a giraffe. But what if you saw the elephant and giraffe on on video within 30 days? Here the din is 30 days. So I think you have to be machmir and not make the bracha on the real elephant if you had just seen, you know, a video of, of elephants. Okay. Yes? So every time you text them, you see their picture. But that's not the same, same appearance that you'd be getting. And that's, not a sign, that's not a sign of life. Let's say you have a good friend. Let's say you have a good friend, and you, on your, on, on your study wall... You have a picture of you and him, I don't know, playing basketball. And every morning you see his picture. But you haven't heard, seen or heard from him for 12 months. For sure you make a bracha. Because that picture is not a sign of life. Here the issue, here what's important with, with, with Mechai Meitim is that you don't know whether he's alive or dead, kind, right, basically. And then you see him, and that's that joy. When it comes to, to the elephant, there it's the, you know, it's that God created such, such weird creatures that you make a bracha Meshana Briel. Shafiyanu now. I'm putting you aside and making myself. I'm saying Shafiyanu is something that you have to see the person for. So you see the picture of him, that means it's not... Not relevant, not relevant, not relevant. Yes? Shafiyanu on a giraffe? Or an elephant. It's a halakha la maisa. There are many halakhas you haven't heard before. I'm sure. That's what you hear. And with the seeing the friend where the 30 days or years, you say this bracha with or without Shafiyanu? With Shema Malthus. Yes. I don't know how much he's doctor done to react an elephant. But like when we say regarding the clothes, like, okay, nowadays we get clothes much more often than we used to, so maybe we should just say in a suit. So nowadays we have zoos and we see giraffes. When was the last time you were in a zoo? Oh, there you go. See? So it doesn't make a difference that we have to. It's not really. No. You know, if you miss the, the, the opportunity of making Shekhyanu, as an example, you know, you, I don't know, you had a persimmon three days ago for the first time, now you reminded yourself you didn't make a Shekhyanu, you lost out on the opportunity of, of making Shekhyanu. And is that the same with most people? Like, if you see you know, something fantastic or whatever, like, would you say, like, Osema Sabre Shit, if you, 
if you saw it, are you going to be the same thing across the board? Yes, you, you missed out on making the bracha. Yeah. Um, if, however, let's say you bite into persimmon and you're chewing your persimmon, you still have your persimmon in your hand, and then you remembered, oh, I haven't, I haven't really eaten this or seen this or whatever, for, for, uh, it's a new seasonal fruit, then you're, while you're still eating the persimmon, you could make a shechiano and continue eating. Now, it doesn't have to, when it comes to a fruit, it doesn't have to be a year that you haven't seen or eaten the fruit. It has to be the new fruit of the season. Sometimes the fruit could be around for three, four months, and so obviously between eating and eating, it's going to be less than 12 months. It's not what's important. What's important is the new season. And people raise a question, what if you, you live in a, a, a country of wealth such that there are always certain fresh fruit available year-round? either because of storage, or more importantly, not because of storage, but because they ship fruit from all over the globe. You know, as an example, fresh strawberries, I don't think you can keep them in storage for very long. But quite often, you'll get, you know, strawberries from Mexico, or I don't know where, or from, from South Africa, or, or something like that. Um, then I think it, would, it might bring into question whether you could, you know, make a bracha, because there it's not about the season. You know, is that, here's the situation where... You know, obviously it didn't exist in the times of the Gemara where we'd be flying or shipping, you know, strawberries from the other, you know, the other hemisphere um, so that you can get it in season. You're not, you know, you can no longer make the bracha on the season. And therefore I wouldn't make the bracha. Yes, Ben? How long was the wait between eating, say, strawberry and strawberry? Meaning, like, let's say you eat a strawberry a day before the season starts. And then you have strawberry the next day. No, you, how did you eat that season? Hmm? How, you, how, how did you eat that strawberry? You saved it from the previous frozen. year, frozen. Uh, or a dry I think I think even if you ate a frozen strawberry a day before the season, and then you saw a fresh strawberry, I think you can make the shachian. Okay, that's all, folks. Yes. If there's still fruit in front of you to eat, if you swallowed your last bite of, uh, of uh, persimmon, and then you remember I could have made a shachian. You missed it. Six ago? Yeah. Yeah.